It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, July 30th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. While Sitka, like many places, is struggling right now with the Delta variant and an unexpected surge in coronavirus infections, over most of the last year, it got the pandemic right. Low infection rate and high support for vulnerable parts of the community. While there were some hard knocks along the way, Sitka proved to be a model of resiliency during the emergency, which is why around 80 policy researchers and government entities convened on Wednesday to listen as three Sitkins explained how it was done. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The party-ran Graduate School of Public Policy had its lens on Sitka prior to the pandemic, There's a just rightness to the community, something about its size, relative self-sufficiency, but relative isolation that makes it worthy of study. That was never more true than during the height of the pandemic when the Sitka Conservation Society, the Sitka Tribe, and the Sitka Legacy Foundation all helped to spearhead local relief efforts. Katie Riley, policy director for the Sitka Conservation Society, explained how her organization shifted gears and adapted some of its existing programs, like Fish to Schools, into a widespread food delivery system called Sitka Mutual Aid. She described many bureaucratic challenges in the program, not the least of which is that government-subsidized food programs tend to be top-heavy with industrial food producers. Riley recommended more investment in locally-based food security. We're on the ground dealing directly with the folks that these programs and funding sources are trying to help, and we can provide feedback when they're missing the mark, um, such as the delivering of weekly dairy boxes to populations that experience high levels of lactose intolerance here in Sitka. There were 80 audience members on the call, many from the party Rand Graduate School, but also a fair number from other universities, as well as representatives from government, including the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Food and Nutrition Services, the Department of Homeland Security, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, the American Red Cross, and the Food Bank of Alaska. The Rasmussen Foundation, the state's largest philanthropy, moderated the call. Participants peppered Riley and her fellow Sitka panelists, Camille Ferguson and Robin Sherman, with questions about the resources available during the pandemic and how partnerships were formed to distribute them. Ferguson is the Economic Development Director for the Sitka Tribe. She said that while the STA's Social Services Department stepped up to increase services to tribal citizens during the pandemic, her role wasn't clear at first. Eventually, she began partnering with organizations in town to shelter homeless during the worst of the pandemic in local hotels and providing other agencies, like the Sitka Conservation Society, with mini-grants to expand their existing programs. We knew that we were going to be able to provide um, funding for those who are already doing um, existing services so that we wouldn't duplicate those services but, but support those services. In the middle of it all was the Sitka Legacy Foundation, one of a handful of grant funders in Sitka. The Legacy Foundation knew a lot about the individual capacity of Sitka's nonprofits to help during a crisis, But Director Robin Sherman said COVID required a team effort. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, the two things that we did was we convened our nonprofits to say, what are you seeing among your clients and stakeholders and what do you need? And then we also, right at the very beginning, started talking to our city assembly and city administration 
and saying, when you are planning your municipal relief efforts, keep us in mind, both in terms of what we need and how we can help. The coordination ultimately led to the prompt and equitable distribution of $14 million in CARES Act funds toward everything from utility relief for households to direct payments to nonprofits and businesses. The takeaway message from the Sitka panelists was basically this. If Sitka is a model for government coordination, interagency communication, and community resiliency for the nation, that model could be improved. Camille Ferguson said that the pandemic brought food security into clear focus for the tribe. Pandemics and catastrophes are are something that we really need to be better prepared for, especially in an island community. The only way on and off this island is by boat or by plane. And we know now what can happen when the planes quit coming. Katie Riley was also blunt. The coronavirus pandemic is not likely to be the only crisis to be faced by communities in the near future. We at Sika Conservation Society don't really see this pandemic as an anomaly. We've seen what the future holds as we experience climactic change here in Sitka and the record wildfires and heat waves that have rocked the Pacific Northwest. Riley added that gathering feedback on programs early and often from communities and adapting them to better respond to local needs is really crucial for community resilience now and into the future. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. This summer, Canada closed most of British Columbia's commercial salmon fisheries. Declining stocks were to blame for the drastic conservation measures. As KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, Southeast Alaska shares coastline and transboundary rivers with BC. So what could this mean for the region? Department of Fisheries and Oceans Canada, the federal agency that manages Canada's fisheries, effectively ended the 2021 commercial salmon season on the West Coast in late June. Canada's fishing industry was stunned, says BC Seafood Alliance Executive Director Christina Burridge. First Nations have harvested salmon forever, and post-contact salmon canneries are what, what in a sense, built this province. And to be now in this situation seems really tragic to me. The closure came just weeks after Canada announced a more than half a billion dollar plan to revitalize its flagging Pacific salmon stocks in BC and Yukon Territory. But Burridge says DFO's move erased most of the Canadian fleet's entire year. The minister's announcement and most subsequent media coverage has said that it's 60 percent on In terms of the number of actual fisheries, that is correct. In terms of uh, landed volume, it is 80%. And for gillnet fisheries, it's about 95%. Canadian government officials say this has been a long time coming. Sarah Murdoch is a Vancouver-based fisheries policy manager with Canada's federal government. I know it, it was a bit of a surprise to some, to many, but... Those that have been close to the industry and close to um, Pacific salmon fisheries here, uh, at least in, in the B.C. coast, recognize that the overall level of catch has been dropping significantly for some time. So what does Canada's salmon shutdown mean for its Alaska neighbors? From a marketing standpoint, not much, says McKinley Research Analyst Dan Lesh in Juneau. Alaska dwarfs B.C. And so anything that happens in those markets is not going to be a big impact on our our fisheries. For instance, 
Canada produces only about 0.017%, so less than 0.1% of sockeye globally. That's as of 2019. BC's largest wild salmon market is Chinook, about 14% of the global market in recent years. But its shares of the other four salmon species represent less than 2% of worldwide production. So while the closures are devastating for BC, they shouldn't move world markets. State fisheries managers say BC's experience isn't likely to be repeated in Alaska. Southeast management biologist Troy Tinas says Alaska has safeguards in place to keep salmon runs from dropping too far, allowing spawning fish to keep moving up rivers and streams. Drastic measures like widespread closures aren't in the nature of Alaska's dynamic management, where biologists can time openings at will. When the fishing game is concerned about stocks, if, there's a, uh, if a stock is not making escapement, um, after uh, a number of years, those stocks can be listed or recommended to the Board of Fisheries as a stock concern. And we do have several stock concerns that are, are in southeast Alaska right now. The Chinook on the transboundary rivers Unic and Chilkat are among the current southeast stocks of concern. Stikine and Taku Kings, also both transboundary rivers, are proposed to be added to the list. Burridge, with the BC Seafood Alliance, says she admires Alaska's proactive strategies, which involve long-range management plans and a lot of public input. Basic things like stock assessment in Canada have been starved for at least two decades, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're looking at these closures, that the work simply hasn't been done. And to my mind and I suspect most Alaskans would agree with me that the foundation of good fisheries management is good stock assessment. The sacrifice being made by BC fishermen will only be worthwhile, she says, if there's more investment in research and restoration of fish habitat. Salmon, as you know, are doubly vulnerable because they depend both on the marine environment and the freshwater environment. And we have certainly compromised the freshwater environment here in particularly in southern BC. But about a third of Canada's $500 million salmon rescue plan will likely be spent buying out permit holders. U.S. states and Canadian provinces work cooperatively to co-manage transboundary salmon runs through the Pacific Salmon Treaty. But the Canadian government says the shutdown on their end likely won't affect current allocations, as the treaty won't be renegotiated until 2028. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka for today, Friday, July 30th, 2021. Today, mostly cloudy, highs 68 to 74, light winds. Tonight, partly cloudy, lows in the upper 50s, light winds. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, highs in the upper 60s, south winds around 10 miles per hour. (laughs) 